welcome to The Unreliable Narrator, a pop culture podcast with me, Shabir. And me, Krish. Welcome back, Krish. Thanks for having me again, Shub. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good today. How about you, man? I'm feeling good. I'm excited to talk about Inside Number Nine. Me too. Now, you introduced me to this show. Exactly, yeah. And which is interesting because yeah. you're normally the one who introduces me to new shows, books, <laughs> films. How the tables and, uh, Yeah, pulled out a reverse Uno card for that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us, what is, what is Inside Number Nine? Well, basically, Inside Number Nine is a British comedy anthology series. Um, it came out in 2014, yeah. and it's written by two guys, uh, Steve Pemberton and mm. Reese Shearsmith. It's a dark comedy, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, a, do they call it a black comedy? Yeah, I think so. Is that racist? I don't think it re- relates to... <laughs> I'm joking. Dark comedy, right? Yeah, good one. Anyways, um, Inside Number Nine, this show reminds me of when lockdown first started, because when lockdown right. first started, I started working from home, mm-hmm. and every time I'd clock out at half past four, I'd jump onto uh, Netflix or BBC iPlayer. Because the show is split between those two streaming series. I think the newer series come out on iPlayer. Yeah. And then obviously the older ones on Should Netflix. I jump on? I jump on and I binge watch my way through. And I think I finished um, all five seasons within a week and a half. No way. Yeah, man. It was that good. It is, they're like 20, uh, 20 minutes. They are short episodes, to be honest. Yeah. So no surprise there. But. but I thought today, following on from last week's Black Mirror conversation, um, for some reason we decided to start with anthology shows. Um, Not sure yeah, why. I thought we'd talk a little bit about this show and our favourite episodes, as we did last time. Yeah. I've got five here. I'm sure you got... I've also five. got five and a couple of honourable mentions. Hopefully we can get to them. Yeah, I've got some honourable mentions. Perfect. Um, I feel like there's just so many good episodes with this show. Like, we've we've watched this more recently than we did with Black Mirror. Yeah. Black Mirror, so hopefully... We, we, hopefully we can talk about exactly. it with a bit more clarity exactly. <laughs> I'm not guessing. I feel like we did say a lot of incorrect things last episode. Um... Wait, do you think, what, summaries about the episode, do you yeah. mean? Do you think? I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was freestyling it from memory. Wow, what a professional. Well, there you go. That's how we do it. Um, do you know what I want to do this time? What's that? I want to go through, just, I want to tell you my five and you tell me your five. Okay. Because do I that. know for a fact we've got a lot of overlap. We, we will have overlap. But, actually, I'm going to guess off the bat now, mm. I think out of the five, two or three is overlap. That's... I know yeah. that's pretty much over half. That's pretty much the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, there's going to be two yeah. or three in there, in that list that we just completely like, you won't like at all. Like, maybe I won't like at all. Yeah. I have that feeling. Oh, do you reckon? Yeah. Well, we shall see. We'll see because with Black Mirror one last week, mm. you we kind of had the same list basically. It was just one episode. Yeah, I think, I think so. that was different. So we'll see how this one I goes. reckon it'll be the same for this. Um, we'll see, we'll see. But anyway, these, the listeners have been on the edge of their seats <laughs> waiting for this. <laughs> They've clocked out already. <laughs> <laughs> They've switched over to another podcast, mate. Watching Joe um, Rogan now. My list, my list. I'm going to just list them off for you. La okay. Couchette, La 12 Cuch- Days of Christine, The Bill, The Riddle of the Sphinx, and Misdirection. Hey. What's your list? Okay, so mine is The Riddle of the Sphinx, Misdirection, The Devil of Christmas, nice. Tom and Jerry, and The Bill. Ooh, so, so is that is that four? That's three, I think, isn't it? That's three, okay. That's a big overlap. That's, I said so the that, reason right? I wanted to do that is because we can sort of chat about it together. That, exactly, like that's a good idea. The overlaps last week as well. Which one do you want to start with? Um, that is a good question. Let's start I've, with Misdirection. Okay, let's do so that. Misdirection is... That was a season five episode season as well, so one of the later episode. ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, Misdirection is an episode about magic, essentially. The show epi- the, the episode you know, starts off with a magician, he's showing his friend this trick, mm-hmm. and then his friend kills him. I don't. You know what? I don't think they're actually friends. It's, I think it's just a, a, a magician who's showcasing yeah. his trick to this other you know, magician that's up and coming. 
Okay. So he's an up and coming magician and he's okay. showcasing this trick, this like, you know, long time magician. Yeah. And it's like a chair floating trick, that something like that. Makes sense because he does kill him. Exactly. Uh, I just want to say, we did this last week as well. We spoiled it and then we said, spoiler alert. <laughs> so I'm going to just say, spoiler warning for every episode going forward. Yeah. But yeah, he kills the magician, right. steals a trick, and then gets famous from it. Yeah. And then what happens? So then uh, there's like a young um, journalist kind of kid mm. yeah, who comes to visit the magician. At, at this point, by the way, the magician is like massively successful. This sell, is the, the second magician who stole the trick. Exactly. He and murdered the, the first one and stole the trick. Exactly. Yeah. So at this point, he's hugely successful. He's selling out shows and he gets this journalist over to interview him, ask him some questions about his tricks and his awards and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And he ends up asking about the trick that made him famous, this floating chair, chair trick, the one, the one he that stole. he stole. Yeah. And you can see he kind of gets a bit uncomfortable, but he's asking, you know, he's answering the questions about it. And the show kind of, the episode kind of leads on from this, the, the journalist kid uncovering that mm. he actually stole this trick. Yeah. And he didn't just steal it off anyone. He stole the trick off the kid, the journalist's grandfather. So that's the plot twist. That's the plot twist. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest here. I did predict that the kid who comes in to interview the new magician, yeah. I thought it'd be the original magician's son. Right. So, yeah, there's a relation there, isn't there? There was a relation you, there. You, you no, it that. turned out to be his grandson, was it, did you say? Gra- grandson, yeah, yeah, grandson. That was quite predictable, I'm not going to lie. When someone I dies agree. on screen and then the killer gets interviewed by someone who's exactly. come out of the blue, usually that killer, uh, sorry, the, the interviewer or, you know, has the, to be related. Or the detective or something. Yeah, exactly. Usually, yeah. That was predictable, but I don't think it was about being predictable. Exactly. Not. It was just the way the story unfolds and the way the writers navigate us through that discovery. It was a cl- I think that's what made it such a clever episode. The yeah. fact that you knew, you kind of predicted what was going to happen. You weren't mm. waiting for a huge plot twist. You were just waiting for how the events after that, that uncover. Is, that is a good point to make. It wasn't that you were waiting for a plot twist because yeah. you predicted it. You predicted the plot you twist. You were waiting to see how that... How it unfolds from there, exactly. Yeah, now, it was a really good episode for me and... For you in particular, because you like magic. I love magic. I absolutely love magic. Nerd. Nerd. No, but you've been... You can tell I got loads of girls in high school. Actually, you know, I actually used to do card tricks in high school. And uh, I'd, uh, I'd, people, I'd people watching and stuff like in circles that would come watch. You did it in a talent show as well, didn't you? That was at an age that is just too embarrassing to talk about. How old were you when you did the talent show? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was 17 or 18. You're telling me two years ago you did a, a talent show and you did magic. Yep. Anyway, no, no. Uh, it was great. It was like great. That's why I knew that would be on your list. Yeah, I loved it so much. It was good. But uh, what was um? There was just some really clever because the the kid who's interviewing him, the, the journalist kid who the magician killed his grandfather. Yeah. He's obviously you know he he's like, can I showcase you some tricks and stuff? And at first you think like, okay, we'll see what's going on. You kind of don't really get get what yeah. the storyline is between him showing off the tricks. But the whole reasoning behind that is because he uses those tricks or mm. the, the effects of those tricks to um, implicate the magician in a crime. Oh, yeah. And that's the that's the craziest bit for me. Yeah, that was a good uh, sort of revelation. The mm. way he... The way he did it. Exactly. And the, then uh, it was yeah. that... I, I don't know. And it was a twist that we couldn't predict which was what happened to that magician. Exactly. The killer magician, the yep. murderer. Yeah. Um, do, we, do we go into that or... Do you want to leave something for the people? Yeah, let's... <laughs> let's <leave laughs> we don't have to ever watch the episode if we just yeah, explain it fully. But I'm assuming people who are listening to this 
three-hour podcast about Inside Number Nine. I, I probably, I'm assuming they've seen. Yeah, it. Yeah, probably seen it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was on my list. Misdirection. Such a good episode. Yeah. Which one do you want to talk about next? Um, I want to talk about Riddle of the Sphinx. Oh dear. I was going to say that to last, but let's talk. Oh, about okay, it. okay. No, no. Let's talk, let's talk about it. Let's Should we do it? it? What What are we going to gain by saving it till <laughs> the end? <laughs> Um, yeah, true, true. Let's this just do them. might be my number one favorite. I have to agree. It is. Last week, I had them in no particular order, yeah. and although these aren't in any particular order, on I've got it written down in front mm. of me. And Riddle of the Sphinx is number one, just because okay. it ha- it has to be number one. It just for me, it's just it's just one episode I always remember. Yeah, when I think 100%. about the show, there's two that I remember. What's that? And they're both on my list. We'll talk about the second one okay. after this, actually. But yeah, okay. this one is the Riddle of the Sphinx, and the reason it stands out to me is because of how clever. It's such a clever episode. This man. episode was, and I mean, it's kind of almost self-aware because yeah. it's, it's yeah, about yeah. professor. It's a, who, yeah, exactly. It, was it? Where is it? Oxford, Cambridge, or Cambridge, Cambridge yeah. professor, and he's a he does crossword a weekly crossword puzzle yeah, for the the university newspaper. newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does the crossword for him, and a, a girl breaks into his office in the middle of the night. Yeah, and she says, oh, "I'm here to learn. I want to. I want to seem smart to my boyfriend, boyfriend who, who studies uh, at the university. He studies. He studies architecture King, or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and." So if you give me the answers to next week's puzzle... I can seem really clever in front of him, right? And it seems like, okay, kind of... It's quite innocent, right? You're kind of like, oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah. That's the thing with all, all of the uh, episodes of the show, they all have a third act twist. So it kind of keeps you guessing throughout the episode what's going to happen next. Exactly. And when is that twist coming? Sort of exactly. Thing. So she breaks into the professor's office trying to learn the answers for next week's puzzle to impress her boyfriend. Yeah. And rather than just giving the answers, the professor says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you the method behind answering them. I want to teach you how to actually do it. These crosswords. Yeah. And the way he teaches her, the method that he teaches her, in my opinion, there's so much, so many jumps in logic. Yeah. It's I don't just think it's realistic. Because no, not at all. From the clue to the answer, there's like four or five jumps in logic <laughs> Literally. and connections to yeah. random things. None of it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense. No. Maybe there are real ways, maybe there are real crosswords like I'm this. wondering, yeah, that's what I wonder like. Beyond uh, my level of yeah. understanding. But anyway, carry on. Yeah, so... She, the, the more questions he gives her over time she ends up getting better at answering them in a very short in a very time. in a very short period of time Bear in mind yeah. these episodes like are two, 20 to 30 exactly. minutes long so it's like two questions in she gets yeah. really great um, so what happens is they carry on talking discussing and answering the questions they have a cup of tea um, the twist comes where she ends up dropping some poison in the tea because yeah. she actually wants to poison the professor and he slowly realises he clocks onto this he's, he's becoming paralysed yeah and then she's like oh I'm a marine biologist I've just poisoned you. Yeah. You're dying. And then there's another twist because... <laughs> it's like an Indian movie. It's <laughs> like a, literally a, a star plus drama, like a Bollywood drama. Literally. Twist after twist after twist. But yeah, he, he's obviously smarter than she is. So he clocks onto the fact that she's trying to poison him. Hmm. And he does like a reverse Uno card, switches the cups. Turns without out she's noticing. The, without her noticing. Plot twist. Turns out she's the one who ends up getting she's poisoned. She's the poison. Exactly. So, but then she'll be explained. Then she predicted that. <laughs> and then what happened is. No, I'm kidding. She <laughs> and, then, and then she spits it back into his cup and then he drinks it. No. But, <laughs> the last 15 minutes of the episode. <laughs> just was, them switching mugs with each other. <laughs> that, that was the twist, guys. Um, but yeah, so he, he, he clocks onto this. And then another twist comes where the reason she's doing this is because. Her brother was actually a crossword puzzleist, you know, like he competed mm. at Cambridge for... An aficionado, if you will. Yeah, an aficionado, good word. Uh, and Giggled what happened it. was the, the ruling was overturned by the actual Cambridge professor because, you know, he's like a well-esteemed professor. Oh, so her brother won and then the winning was... 
exactly it was kind of rigged right he kind of rigged the the game and because of that it led him to like end his life or something like that Mm. so she was super upset that her brother died because of this so she wanted the whole kind of plot of the show was getting revenge from this Cambridge professor yeah but it completely backfired on her because he was because he he just way smarter than her yeah but there's more twists there is there is another twist as well yeah go on carry on so what happens is he when he realizes that okay she's been poisoned now she's paralyzed we need to like bring her back. Another teacher comes uh, in. Another professor comes in who's a like a biologist or marine. He's, he's a biology professor, yeah. and he goes to okay ha, fix this girl. Like what 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 do you do? You told me you could fix this. Yeah. He turns around and says, "No, you can't. She she drank the poison. She'll she'll be dead very shortly." And he starts. What, what we find out is that the two professors liaised exactly. On this. The student, the girl, mm-hmm. went to the second professor. Yep. To ask for the poison and yeah, ask for the advice. To poison the first professor. And the two professors chatted and they planned against her. Exactly. So that's then, how, ultimately, how she got outsmarted. Yeah. Because it was two against one. Exactly. And then we find out that the second professor has another sort of ulterior motive exactly. as to why he wants to punish the first professor. Yeah. It's getting quite. It's getting, there's a lot of plot twists in this one. I think that's maybe why we enjoyed it so I much. I think 95% of this episode was a plot twist. <laughs> But, yeah. I think, yeah, that's what made it so fun because it was just like one twist after the other, after the other. But essentially, it just keeps you guessing. It just keeps you guessing all the time. Turns out the second professor wants to punish the first professor Is because he had an affair with his wife. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it turns out that the the girl who was asking the question from the start is actually the first professor's daughter. Yeah, because he had an affair. Yeah. And so, what a twist. Yeah, it's kind of like multiple twists and multiple like revenge plots in the same episode one thing about this show is uh what makes it distinct from black mirror i think other than the fact that it's first and foremost a comedy yeah is the lack of a cautionary tale yeah i'd say that's an obvious cautionary tale because in this story it's just here's what happens yeah it's not saying be careful about being stuck on social media i think yeah that's true but also it does touch on like some it is it does it it's clever right because it touches on really dark topics yeah like let's just take I know it's not on our list, but just the first episode, for example, mm. the um, remember the one where they're all in like playing that game of sardines. I remember, yeah. And and that show touched on like a really dark topic of like uh, incest and like weird molestation. Yeah, like it was kind of a dark twist, at, a really dark twist at the end. Yeah, that's true. But it is a dark, exactly. It's a dark like, comedy, right? But it yeah. just does it in such a funny way and executes it in such a funny way that that's what yeah. makes the show so special, right? But I also like the fact that there's not a sort of moral or, or cautionary yeah, tale. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It's, it's, more, it's more lighthearted, isn't it? It is a compact yeah. story with one or 45 twists. Yeah. That's what you enjoy. <laughs> exactly. But um, top, top-notch episode. That's man. pretty much the whole story, yeah. isn't it? I feel yeah. like that is just a must-watch. Like, for anyone that what is it? What, what is it about that episode that you liked so much? That's a good question. Um, oh, well, for me, it was the whole, the aesthetic of it. Oh yeah, I loved the vibe. So sort of it was just a cozy, rustic, kind of, cozy, yeah, cozy library vibe. Yeah. slash offices. It was just a oh, yeah, sorry, the, professor's office. Even um, I think yeah. Again, like going back to the plot twist thing, you just it just con- continually kept you guessing, and I really liked that's that one thing. because you you just wait. Like, okay, when is the actual end coming now? But you you don't want it to end. Yeah, you just yeah. love the. It's the quite t- the way these two guys write these. The oh, writers so, are also, by the way, they're in every episode. Yeah, that's that's they start mention. different makeup, different whatever, and they're yeah. acting as every character pretty much yeah. they write. Um and the way they write these stories is so efficient. Oh, yeah, it has to be in that in that short like twenty minute time yeah, frame as 20 well. 30 minute. And that's one thing that dream into the show. Yeah. Because you can 100%. jump in, jump out. Do you know, or do in you my know, case, jump in, watch thirty five <laughs> in a day, jump out again. Yeah, jump out when it's finished. Yeah. I was gonna ask you obviously these guys wrote the show and this and they star in every episode, right? 
for me, it's so good because you cannot tell it's the same characters. It's the same two guys, yeah. but the, the way they execute multiple characters in each episode yeah. is so good. Acting is just I, th- I feel like it's, it's more to do with the writing, I think. Than the, do you think? Yeah, because they're really good writers. Yeah, that's true. But do you ever feel like I'm watching the same guys, like that kind of thing? Because that never happens no, in like a they, show like Black Mirror. It's no, always different right. actors. So you I, feel I, like I'm watching a, a new story. Yeah, again, I think it's just to do with how good the writing is. I think they can navigate you through these different worlds and different characters. Yeah. It's such an efficient and smart way. And it just draws you in. Mm. And For sometimes sure. you forget that it's the same two guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to take it away from them, you know, take the acting away from them. Because yeah. they, they are good they're actors good as well. Actors, yeah. They're not, they're not really Leonardo DiCaprio. Exactly. But, it's not know, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood acting. It's the writing for me, I think. Yeah, 100%, man. So, shall we go on to the next episode? Let's do it. Let's um, I'll, I'll let you choose this one, because I chose Riddle of the Sphinx. So is the bill on yours? The bill is on mine. Let's talk about the bill. Let's talk about the bill, man. That the is bill. such a good episode. I'm going to say this for every episode, aren't I? But they're all pre- that's why they're in our top five, mate. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> they're all really good episodes. Yeah, good point. <laughs> the bill is about uh, five, is it five guys? Four or five uh, guys? Four or five guys, yeah. They're out on, on a lunch or a dinner, actually. Yeah. And they're just chatting, they're all mates. And when it comes to paying the bill, they're all arguing over who gets to pay the bill. That's right. Right? I'm going to summarise this story really quickly. Okay, yeah, right? yeah, good, good. Because it is quite... And then we can just talk about like what we like about it and stuff. Yeah, so they argue over the bill. While they're arguing, there's a physical sort of altercation. And the waitress who's serving them gets her throat slit, she dies. And in the end, you find out that one of their friends is really rich. And the other four are trying to scam him out of his money, saying, oh, I've got a friend who can take away his dead body. If we wire transfer him, what was it? It was like something like 200 grand or something like that. Grand. Ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. So the story is, yeah, four or five guys, but four of them do know each other. Yeah. And they're they're the, in on it. Yeah. And yeah. the fifth one is like a visitor from London yeah. or something. Um, but yeah, that's the whole story. They're trying to yeah. scam him out of money. It's just the way. The way it's done, right? The way it unfolds is so satisfying. Right. The way the story is told. And it's because, right, these guys are scam artists at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And, so, so they're all in on it and they're working together. Um, but we're watching it not knowing that. We only know that at the end. So, third act, twist. Yeah, yeah, the third act, the twist, right? I think another thing with this episode, I find it really funny as well. This episode was hilarious. The whole show is quite yeah. funny. It's a comedy, but this episode in particular made Absolutely. me laugh a lot, the, I think. For anyone that's obviously watched the show, you, you know the, um, the one of the guys who's in on it, who's like super stingy, and yeah, he's him. like bringing out coins, yeah. and the twist, um, obviously you see the twist at the end, but when they reveal who they all are, he's the guy who's in on it, the professor, the prof. Yeah. He's like the guy leading the gang. He's the leader. And he's, he's the, the stingy, yeah. But when they're acting their he's roles, playing the stingy. he's the wimpy, shy, <laughs> sort of I thought that was quite fragile, funny. stingy guy. Yeah. It was such like a good twist. Clever. But it was funny, him is, in, in particular, the stingy yeah. guy, so funny, his character. Oh yeah, it was just hilarious. And it just makes you think about people in real life that you know. I feel like we all know someone like that. Who's like that, do you know what I mean? But yeah, what, what is it that you liked about this episode? Oh man, what did I like? Um, for me, I liked, this was like more of a retrospective thing that I enjoyed about it. But yeah. it literally takes place and they're just sat on a table. That's it. There's just five guys sat at one table, yeah. which... For most shows, you just one think it's so dry. To, one thing we forgot to mention. The whole ah, premise the <laughs> of the show. We're about halfway into this podcast, by the way. Can I just say? <laughs> the, the main premise of the show is called Inside Number Nine because every episode takes place in somewhere that's related to the number nine. Right. Room number nine, stage number nine, yeah. house number nine, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, they're all essentially compact in that yeah. way. That's like episode. the recurring theme throughout yeah. the, the show. And this, um, what was the link in this one then? 
So I can't actually remember, you know. I can't remember. I, can't remember to number nine. I feel like that is not really the most significant part of it. No, it's just That's a, just like a a very fragile sort of connection to exactly. the title. But yeah. yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's but, a good, um, smart little what was I saying? Um, Easter egg. The fact that it just took place in one setting and it still managed to be funny and exciting. Yeah. And like there was a murder that happened in it and all like a fake murder even. It's just it was just the fact that it managed to execute all those things mm. in one setting. That for me that was my favourite part of the episode. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I was gonna say, um this show in general is quite dialogue driven and character driven. Hundred percent. And this episode even more so was completely like dialogue driven. The characters, the way they're trying and navigating through the story to yeah. its you and know. you're and you're very attentive, aren't you? With like think the things with everything really, but like with this one, you have to, you have to, you you pick up on little things that they say, right? Yeah. Just and and I feel like when you watch back and we've rewatched the episode like probably a few times, yeah, it's things in that dialogue between the guys that you're like, oh wow, like it's so important and it gives mm. a clues away towards the end, but little Easter eggs um, that they plant in exactly, the exactly, so well written. Yeah. Um, and and then obviously just to mention like the guy who um, they're trying to scam. Yeah. He obviously finds out everything's revealed, so they get him in on it. They threaten his life, right? So then, yeah, the, yeah. then the next person. So then the kind of show restarts, and this same guy sitting around a table having a dinner, and then you find out they've the, got another the, rich friend. Yeah, and instead of a waitress, it's a waiter, and it's the guy they were trying to scam me the first part. Yeah, I thought so it was a nice, he, like cyclical. When like, he figured out the plan, yeah. he was all blackmailed. Exactly, into taking part. Yeah, in the next scam. they can't let him out. It's such a so clever man. Standout episode for me. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, What's um? Have you got? I feel like that's those are the th- are those the three that we both shared. I feel like I feel like they are. They're the only ones that overlapped. I've got yeah. twelve days of Christine on here. Is that on yours? No, that isn't on mine. But although it was it, a great episode, I thought it would be on yours. Yeah, it isn't. Have you got La Couchette on yours? I haven't either. But I love that one as well. So yeah. we'll both we'll both have to talk about them. Yeah, hundred percent. What's the, what's the last two on yours? So it's the Devil of Christmas and Tom and Jerry. You know, the Devil of Christmas was nearly on mine. I know. I, I feel like it would be. Yeah, nearly on mine. What, Tom so, and Jerry is an honourable mention. For you, right? For me, yeah. It was just a great episode. For me also, I kind of... I, what what things are you looking for when you say, this is going on my top five? For, for Inside Number Nine specifically. So for me, it comes down to what I can remember. Yeah. What comes to my head straight away when I think of the show. This was the same with Black Mirror. When we were looking at sort of revisiting and talking about that show. Yeah. I just try to remember which ones I like the most. I think that's the same for me. That's yeah. basically the only criteria I base it on. Yeah, Rewatch value. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Especially, yeah. So, today before we recorded this, I went through every episode and trying to sort of reminisce and yeah, yeah. See, which one, see which one um, comes to the front of your mind. Just gather my emotions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it was good. And um, so, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Which stories I remembered, which stories had the most sort of resonance yeah. with me. Yeah. Nice. What about you? Yeah, I'd say mainly rewatch value, to be honest. Um, I just think rewatch value and then how. Yeah, basically the same as you. How it made me feel like that's such a big thing. Like, yeah. did I feel like for me, like for example, uh, the Devil of Christmas, that one for me had the biggest twist. One of the biggest twists. Yeah, I, I think yeah, we'd have to. It was just uh, there was two things that really stood out for me on that episode, which I've gone. I might as well talk about it now. Let's, Let's talk about the Devil of Christmas. So that's the season three episode. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's different in the sense that already is different from the vibe this one was set like in something like the 70s or 80s you could tell it was like meant to have this like yeah. old school vibe almost like a vhs yeah vhs style vibe yeah. and um the, the premise of the show is um there, there's these this is family and they come to like this like it's like a chalet or sweet it's like a christmas what's the word cabin, cabin right yeah christmas time yeah, what, what were you trying to say i don't know i thought chalet but is that like a 
Swiss French chalet. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No idea what that is. Yeah, but it's like a it's like a cabin, right? Yeah, yeah cozy little cabin. I love the vibe already. It was yeah. like a cozy Christmas cabin time, um, oh, old man. school nostalgic vibe. That's the first thing I loved about it. Yeah, and you find out it's like this family, and they, they they're all actors, so they they play they yeah, play a role show for a movie within a show. It's a show within a show. Yeah, yeah. they're filming for this Christmas special. Christmas special, yeah. right? And the Christmas special is talking about, um, like. Nicholas, obviously Saint Nicholas, like Santa, who's, if you're good, he gives you gifts. Mm. If you're bad, however, there's this demon monster who'll punish you called Krampus. Krampus, yeah. Krampus, yeah. Now, Krampus exists outside of Inside Number Nine. I think right? it's a story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a they story. They didn't invent this for the show. No, no, yeah. yeah. They're just they're just using it as a, as a storyline, but yeah, so so they're going through and all these actors are playing their role mm. and there's the, it's, it's just like a standard typical family, right? You've got um, yeah. a, a wife and a husband and two or three maybe kids I can't remember but um, the Krampus comes to haunt them in this story Mm. and the twist at the end happens and it's such a big twist for me is that the the wife of the show uh, in in the show the actor actress she ends up uh, how do I like say this I can't I I can't think of a phrasing but in English (laughs) yeah I was gonna say in uh, French mate but um, yeah she she, she, (laughs) Listen, I was trying to sound posh, right? But never mind. Uh, no, that's uh, me told. We appreciate articulation. Yeah. We don't do it, but we appreciate it. We appreciate it. it. <laughs> but yeah, the, tw- the twist comes where she thinks she's just playing the role in this scene. Mm. And it's a regular scene that happens in this bedroom. But instead, the these other guys come out. Yeah. And she gets like chained to the bed. In real life? In real in- Whilst they're filming. Outside of the show that they're filming. Exactly. Outside of the show they're filming. So basically the script has been broken. She doesn't know that this is meant to happen. Mm. They come and then someone dressed as like the Krampus character basically comes and like kills her, beheads her. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the screen turns to black. That's the whole episode pretty much. It is. And then at the end, you see like a police station interview. Mm. Um, And what's happening also, just to mention throughout the kind of show, you see like a director's commentary, kind of. Oh, yeah. You see the the show within the show being commentated on. Yeah. And what's happening is when it switches to the end after this woman is being killed, you find out it's a police station interview Mm. interviewing the director who's obviously committed a crime. He's, yeah. And he's being asked like, why did you do this? And all that kind of stuff. So that was, yeah, because it's... For me, that gave me chills when I found out, like it genuinely gave me chills when I found out like... This guy like directed a, a movie and it was like a snuff film, like she got killed. It was pretty much a snuff film. I like the whole, um, the director's commentary turns out to be a police sort of Exa- interview. That was so that clever, was wasn't it? Twist, yeah. I think that, yeah, I that was a key bit well. to mention. But yeah, which is such a memorable episode, man. Yeah. I feel like everyone should watch that. Love the vibe, well, love the story. Might love the twist. More. You've told them the whole I've told them every twist. little detail of the show, but. I don't know what the whole point of this <laughs> podcast is. <laughs> Let's ruin episodes for people who've never That's seen what... it um, But anyway, my next one. Yeah. For new viewers who want to watch the show, what's spoil it for you? Uh, La Couchette. I want to talk about La, La Couchette. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that was it. Was that the, just jog my memory, was that the one on the train? The train one, yeah. Yeah. Again, Brilliant every episode. episode takes place pretty much in one location. Yeah. I think this was like... Cat- a train room, a sleeper tr- yeah. train and they're in Block this... Block nine or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Something like that, yeah. Uh, sleeper train and it's going to France or something, I believe. Yeah, something like that. And one by one, the residents who are going to stay in that train are going to sleep there yeah. for the night. They turn up one by one, yeah. and the story unfolds. And one of the people who are sleeping in there turns out he's dead. Yep. And then the other five or six try to sort of deal with that yeah. dead person. One of them is a, a German dude. Yeah. Doesn't speak a word of English. And yeah, they're trying to navigate 
through that situation yeah. how to how do we so yeah. so so basically there's a there's a doctor on the cabin as well yeah. so he's trying to get to like this convention he's getting a, he's getting an award and yeah. a prize he's, he's, he's competing a, for an award he's always annoyed yeah because he's trying to by every little person that comes in he's annoyed by, he's annoyed by every new person yeah he's trying to get enough sleep because he's got a very big interview in the morning yeah to win this like prestigious award yeah so um then so he decides we're not going to stop this train no We'll, we'll alert the guards in the morning. Yeah, we should stop it because we found a dead body. Yeah. We're not going to stop it. Because, because there'll be delays. And I've got an interview. It's a selfish thing, right? Very selfish. The most selfish Wait, thing. But Throughout the whole episode, he seems a bit of a stuck up kind of, yeah. you know, that kind of dude. Yeah. But anyway, um, in the morning, they do alert the authorities and the body gets sort of taken care of, I'm sure. Yeah. And the right. guy's got an interview. He's getting dressed slowly. Mm-hmm. And we, f- we find out that he's the guy who murdered that person. Yeah. Because... That person who was dead was his competition. He's another doctor competing for the prize, yeah. They were both competing for that. Was it a job interview? Yeah, it was a job job interview or an award. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. They're both competing for it. But then... (laughs) This is the twist. This is the twist. The German guy walks in when this professor's talking to himself. Is it a professor? Yeah. He's talking to himself. And And he's like a bad luck doctor... Whatever. What's his name? Yeah. The German dude comes in and says, Doctor yeah. Who? Like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Turns out, it's the German dude who was, he was supposed to kill. Exactly. And the guy he killed was actually an innocent... Innocent guy. Randomer. Well, you would have made sure of that, I'm sure. I like, had a conversation with this guy him. is like a, like a you know, well-esteemed professional doctor. Yeah. And you, he, got, you, he got the name of the person wrong. You thought he would have, uh, you know, been smart. Yeah. Have a conversation with the guy. See who he is before trying to kill got, him. Got some ID, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was... Yeah. So why did you... Why do you like this episode so much? It's that whole sort of the way the story unfurls sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's unpredictable as they all pretty much are. Yeah. Um, but the way the story unfurls, we're in a very, very sort of claustrophobic little cabin, know, yeah. sleeper train. Everything's like intense, isn't it? Carriage. Very intense. Yeah. This guy is obviously on the end of his rope, this guy, this professor, yeah. really obnoxious guy, interview in the morning, can't be nice to these people for one night. One by one, they're all coming in. They're all characters, these guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just a funny episode to sort of you know go through I'll tell you why this wasn't on my list although I really enjoyed the episode mm. the only gripe I had with it is the twist was good but this guy was this guy was a dick from the start yeah so really when you find out he's murdered someone you're like well you're going to jail mate and you're kind of like yeah. whatever like I kind of like some of the shows where when we talked about um, we talked about the first one and we mm. was like she's innocent and then it kind of unfolds that so yeah. we're talking about Riddler's Sphinx she, it oh, seems yeah. like she's innocent she just wants to learn so yeah. that she's trying to poison the professor yeah. that's like a that's a twist in, in a, and there's like character development mm. with this one he, he's just like awful throughout consistently consistently yeah, yeah a horrible guy so you kind of don't feel sorry for him as much yeah so but other than that like such a sick episode. yeah I think all the characters in this episode were pretty consistent yeah but the story the way the story yeah. sort of the revelations. I really Definitely. enjoyed that. Plus yeah. the ambiance, the atmosphere of the episode was yeah. really... The, the, there's so many episodes that just nail like the vibe, don't yeah, they, yeah. of the episode? It's I the think. writing though, man. The writing's 100%. so top level. Um, but yeah, what's your... Uh... So this is, my, this is actually my final one. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, and that's uh, Tom and Jerry. Okay. So, yeah. That is in my honourable mentions. Is it? Yeah, so I'll jump in and we'll chat a little bit. Perfect, man. So just to summarise Tom and Jerry... You've got this guy, Tom, and he's a primary school teacher. Uh, he's got this, like, huge goal. He's uh, a cat. <laughs> there is a mouse. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Good one. He's a, he's a primary school teacher. Comedy podcast. And, uh, and he's got this, like, big ambition or goal of becoming a famous author. 
So, mm. he, you know, he's writing, he's marking his kids' homework and whatever, all, all that stuff. And he realizes that his wallet's gone missing somehow right. after he pops out. Mm. And then someone knocks at his door and it's a homeless, homeless guy. Yeah. Like a really... Uh, you know, not well kept homeless guy that gives him his wallet back because he finds a it. guy who is noticed himself. Out he's of noticed, the out, yeah, he, yeah, that's a good point to mention. So whilst he's kind of marking the homework and doing the the job of a teacher yeah. outside his window, he he sees this homeless guy and he comments and he says like, "What a tramp, what a scruff," you know, like a horrible comment to his girlfriend. Mm. And his girlfriend's like, "Don't make such a backhanded comment," you know, be a nice guy. Yeah. Turns out this guy actually. Um, found his wallet, found where he lived and gave it back to him. So he kind of felt bad about yeah. that, right? So he goes, here's some money. And the show kind of goes, t- takes a 180 from there. He invites the guy in, invites him for a drink. All of a sudden they become best mates. It really sort of goes out of control. Fully out of control. Completely spiral in a chaotic way. Yeah. It, it does, de- it develops and develops, yeah. but it's kind of like... It's a slow yeah. loss of control. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the reason he does that is, so he invites him for a drink, purely out of just feeling sorry for him because mm. he, he called this guy Trump and this guy gave him his wallet back and it turns out this guy had met like um, Charles Bukowski this um, poet and author right yeah. and he, and the primary school teacher that's like who he's aspiring to be I want to be like a writer like him mm. so they end up chatting and chatting and chatting and they become like best mates and what happens slowly is that this homeless guy kind of takes over his life yeah. in a way right so He's like, but it's hard to describe because it's hard to describe this. I mean, when we watch it, slowly the homeless guy starts being organized. Yeah, he'd taken over the life of the guy who helped him. Yeah, and, you know, took so, him into his home. Yeah, and the guy who had the home and the, the writer guy, he slowly loses control. He, he basically does that because he wants to pursue that career in writing because yeah. the homeless guy has persuaded him to do that. Yeah. So instead of going to work, he doesn't turn up to work. He's sat in bed all day and he's drinking all day and smoking all day just to become a writer. The dynamic sort of flips. The dynamic completely flips yeah. on itself. Um, yeah, and it, and it just turns out like um, in the end that you, you're not sure this whether this homeless guy is real or not. You're not sure if he's hallucinating or not, but yeah, the, the guy's uh, primary school, like the head teacher comes to visit him, yeah. ask him how he's doing. Um, he's obviously not well because he's been stuck at home and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then you find out like what happened is the homeless guy is real, but he ends up dead in the bathroom. Yeah. So he's been like, how, how do I say it? Like he's been that like stressed out by the, what the homeless guy's done to his life mm. that he's killed him. But yeah, he kind of qu- he kind of questions. It makes, us, it makes us think that the homeless guy is a hallucination. Yeah, that brings that's us back it. down exactly. to reality by showing us no, it was real. He's actually real, and I was dead in the bathtub yeah. because our protagonist, yeah. if you want to call him that, has murdered him. Jerry, his wife, girlfriend. That's a yeah, girlfriend or wife. Yeah, she. Am I correct in saying that she was dead all along? See, I'm not one hundred percent sure in that. I thought she was dead. Maybe I'm not time. sure, but yeah, like like I said, I, I love this episode because it just. It takes a complete 180. Like you said it the best. It's not chaotic the way it like spirals. Yeah. It's a slow kind of thing. Slow process. sort of feeling. Yeah. And that's why it was on my honorable mentions because I remember it. It had an impact. Yeah. And I remember telling people about it. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And sort of recommending it. But that was early on that episode, wasn't it? Season one? This is a season one or two, maybe something like one actually. Yeah. Season one, episode three. There you go. And um, yeah. I was recommending it and just talking so much about how good this episode was. Yeah. But then when I watched the other seasons, I found other episodes. Other episodes that you preferred. Yeah. Favorites. Yeah. I think the reason like but this is on mine. Yeah. The reason this is on mine is just 
yeah, how it made me feel after watching it. Yeah. You kind of feel sorry for the guy throughout. And then the twist of finding out this guy, this homeless guy is not a hallucination. He's real. Mm. You're like, wow. Just what a twist. Yeah, what a twist, man. That's good, man. Every episode has that sort of moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, My That's final one. Your final one, yeah. You know this episode. Of course. Season two, episode two, The Twelve Days of Christine. No, I kind of juggled a little bit because I, I wanted to put um, maybe Cold Comfort on there instead. Ooh, cold Comfort. That is season. on my honourable mentions. Yeah, same. It is, yeah. Nice, I, nice. I was thinking to flip these two or not, but it ended up... So we kind of sat on the fence about that. I was sat on the fence, but yeah. I'm going to talk about it because it was a very... It's a critically acclaimed episode. It is, yeah. And 100%. it really sort of resonated with me on an emotional level. Okay. A lot of these episodes are funny. Yeah. Make you laugh. Um, but they don't always make you sad in that way. Yeah. But it's, it's really there's quite... also a few that scare you. There's a lot of horror elements. Oh, yeah, 100%. But this one made me sad a little bit. It does mix in a little bit of horror, in a sense. I mean, the story, essentially, is about this woman. And Christine. she meets this guy at a party. You know, the classic tale. Yeah. New Year's party. She meets a guy together. And as the story progresses, they sort of drift apart. Yeah. And life falls apart. And she sees a ghost kid in the flat. And we don't know who the hell this ghost kid is. Is it even a ghost? But um, it's important to say, like, these guys, they, they get married and stuff, right? They get married and have a kid, and then yeah, they, they get start separated. Yeah. And then they separate. Yeah. I'm assuming the ghost kid, we, we think it's her kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it takes place over 12 holidays. Yeah, That's right. So it's right. called the 12 Days of Christine. And as the story unravels, we find out that she has been in a car crash. Mad twist. And the ghost kid she sees is her kid. Yeah. Who's alive, but she is trapped in a car. And you know how people say your life flashes between you a bit before your eyes? Exactly. That was what it was, right? That's what was happening to her. Her story from the New Year's party where she met the guy up to her death. The, the crash, yeah. So she died. Throughout the episode, there's clues, visual clues, red and yellow, sorry, red and, yellow, red and blue lights flashing. Yeah. And that's the ambulance or police or whatever. Um, and the kid that she sees, the ghost kid, is her son who yeah. has been rescued by the fireman, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And she's obviously trapped in this car dying and reminiscing about her life how sad is that it's so sad yeah and it's just the, the fact like you said the whole episode is is her life flashing before her, her yeah. eyes that's the whole episode once you finish that episode and have that revelation and realize what it is it's so sad in hindsight 100 you think back and then rewatch it you know what it is this definitely has rewatch value and mm. the reason it does not just because of the storyline and stuff you have to rewatch it because every time you do you find out more clues more clues the episode because you just the the show the episode rather doesn't directly put your attention towards those during the show because no it doesn't really just have time to do it that it doesn't sort of point you in the direction and exactly. say hey look at us look so at you us. have to watch back to yeah. figure, figure so those little things out and so subtle and so um, yeah such a smart way of doing it's sad though isn't it was such a sad episode man but it was it made my list in the end um, yeah so, so tell us why let's talk about cold comfort you'll yeah. have to actually ju- I know I put it down but I actually can't remember right now it's the Corson song. That's it. We both yeah. really enjoyed this. We watched this one like recently. We watched it recently. I really yeah. love Cold Comfort. Just because um, and it's another smart episode. 100%. Very simple format. Again, um, a guy starts a new job in a call center. and It's a, a suicide hotline. A suicide hotline. Yeah. A lot of weird shit happens. People call in. I mean, do you remember much about the episode? So Yeah. So he, he'd been trained and he answers this call and it's a young girl, a teenage girl, and yeah. she's talking about how she wants to end her life. So you're like, geez, this yeah. is quite heavy. And On his first day. On his right. first day yeah. as well, yeah. So so he's trying to talk her, you know, out of, out of this so she doesn't do it. Um, and then the call, like, kind of, she leaves him hanging. Mm. So he's, like, completely distraught. You know, it's his first day. He failed to... 
he assumes that this girl assumes, might have yeah, killed herself, something right? regrettable. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, but it turns out a few days later, he gets a, another call. Yeah, and it's the same girl, same person, the same voice of that girl. He it's important to say the same voice of that yeah. girl. And he suspects it's a, a prank. Yeah, he thinks he's being messed around with. Doing, you, it's a sick he prank. He thinks it's funny. That yeah. kind of thing, isn't it? Um, and then he kind of, yeah, uh, he's very angry. Understandably at this point. Yeah. Girl ends up hanging up. He's, you know, he's worried again. Hmm. So the twist of the show comes where the voice of this teenage girl turns out to actually be the manager of the call center. Yeah. A man. The man. He's a man, by he's the way. He's a man. Who's playing a sick prank. Yeah. And what he loves doing is the show visually, the way it works is is it's using CCTV footage of yeah. each of the callers' desks yeah. to show you what's going on at different times. Yeah, it's not traditionally filmed. Not, yeah, yeah. It's almost like that um, that Facebook movie or whatever people talk yeah, through yeah. webcams. Right. Yeah. So in this one, we're sort of looking at sort of his webcam and CCTV, CCTV footage from the corner of the room, that kind of thing. Yeah. Really, and, um, such a. This episode was eerie for me. Yeah. It's creepy. I liked it because it was a distinct visual um, aesthetic in this episode really sticks in your mind doesn't it yeah so this man the manager of the 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 hotline he turns out to be the teenage girl and he's like a sick guy who loves playing pranks on his workers and he's doing it on the on the new guy who started Mm. what a twist really weird when you find out that a grown man is doing the voice of a teenage girl but yeah again it stuck in my mind that episode I was really torn between that yeah why like, so how did Toad Days of Christine get on your list but not oh really it was just not a this one coin. it wasn't really alright yeah, okay, on any given day you can ask me and I'll, I might change my you answer might, yeah it depends it's one right. of them and there's a few others honourable mentions let's go for um, it yeah tell me about them so Tom and Jerry was on there but we've talked about that yeah and the other one was Seance oh Seance um, um, I can't remember this was an episode about I think it was another TV show the filming a TV show this right. mystical uh, seance. Oh, I do you remember, remember this. this, this is, yeah, this was. I was talking with the uh, supernatural beings and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but the reason it didn't stay on my top five list was because I watched it ages ago when I watched it once. I don't remember it enough. <laughs> there wasn't that rewatch value as well, right? There might have been, but I don't, I just remember you just that don't I recall it. it. Yeah. So I put it on my list and I thought, from my personal sort of preferences, yeah. I like horror, I like supernatural, like I think. And I thought, I remember liking this a lot. Yeah. So I have to put it in my mentions. There's there's one on mine. What would have helped? What's up? Probably rewatched it before talking about. <laughs> Probably yeah. if we were a bit more prepared. Yeah. Another one that's on mine, and do you know what this episode kind of has a similar vibe? Yeah. Uh, not visually, but a similar vibe to Cold Comfort, and it's uh, to have and to hold. I really like that. Episode. So that's the it's a it's a story of um, a man and a woman. There's a, there's a couple, and they kind of like you can tell they're an older married couple, mm. and the marriage has kind of become a bit stale. Right. He's a wedding photographer. And uh, she she kind of despises the fact that he pours his heart and soul into these couples who are his clients, yet he can't give any love um, mm. or attention to his wife. Um, right. And what happens is he has like a red, is it a red room type thing where yeah. they develop the dark film? Room. Dark room, right. Yeah. Um, I think a red room is something else. But um, yeah, he's developing the photos down there and he spends a lot, like the large bulk of his time there. Um, and what happens is in that dark room, he actually has like a little basement, yeah. hidden basement there. Secret, tra- a secret little, yeah, trap door. Yeah. And he's keeping a woman there who yeah. turns out was their ex-cleaner who yeah. the wife thought got fired months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's keeping her there and he's feeding her 
weirdly enough, pot noodles, which is her, her diet. Yeah. And he's basically, you know, doing his whatever sick things he enjoys doing on yeah. this woman. He's taking advantage of a woman who's in prison. Exactly. And that, it's such a horrible episode. It's a horrible episode, man. And it, the end is just like, oh, it gives you sh- the shivers, but then the twist at the end where the wife discovers this mm. because um, she plans a trip, a spontaneous trip to Paris. Yeah. The flight's tomorrow, she says. Mm. He's obviously, oh. the first thing he says is, oh, sh- like, how can I go to Paris? Yeah. There's a woman in the basement that I need to feed. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the twist. And then when they kind of find this out, he falls down the stairs and then it turns out that he ends up getting locked in the basement. Yeah. There is a sort of nice, conclu- well, I say nice. I say nice, yeah, but. He gets his, whatever he deserves. He gets what he deserves back. It's just desserts. Exactly. I think that had to be on my, it was just a creepy one. I feel like, I look like you said, I love the horror ones. I love the eerie episodes. They're just, I kind of prefer the ones that were on my top five because they were a bit more lighthearted and had mm. that like comedy, a bit more comedy going on in them. No, I get I mean, you. That's what with I that episode there, it didn't make any of my lists, honourable mentions or top five. Really? Because it just left me with a horrible feeling of what that woman was going through. Yeah, maybe I'm just a hot, sick person. <laughs> I think you are. Yeah, maybe. But um, yeah, that's that's why I kind of... Perfect. Have you got any more on your honourable mentions? No, that was it. That was my that's it, yeah. yeah. Same here, you know. So yeah, if we had to choose yeah. one or two episodes to recommend to a new viewer... Oh, easy. Which we've already spoiled. Not easy, but easy. Um, what would you... Okay, so I would recommend The Riddle of the Sphinx and The Bill. Oh, would you? Yeah, I would. I think so too. I was going to say Misdirection, but I think... I was going to say that. The Bill is more enjoyable by a broader audience. Yeah, 100%. I feel like if you really just don't like magic even, you're just not going to love the episode. You you might do, but The Mm. Bill is like, it's it's a very... Everyone's going to like it, I feel like. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, there you go. I mean... We've spoiled those episodes for you. Yeah. But if you want to go watch them anyway, you know where to start. Exactly. Um, And that ends our second ever episode. I know. And our conversation about anthologies, I guess. Until next time, maybe we will talk about something in future. Um, Maybe Electric Dreams. Electric Dreams, I mentioned. That's one that you really like, isn't it? Yeah. But um, we might save that for another episode. Yeah. And also, there's True Detective, American Horror Story. There's so many anthologies. Yeah, there's quite a few, isn't there? We'll uh, talk about that when we reach that hurdle. (laughs) We'll get to those. I think next week onwards, let's talk about Christmas movies, what do you think? Perfect timing. Because we're going into December now. Exactly. And yeah, I think it's... I'm in the mood to watch some I'm Christmas films. I'm in the mood for some yeah. Christmas stuff. After the, the year that 2020 has been, I think yeah. it can only be revived by cosy Christmas films. I think that's a good idea. So that's what we'll do. Um, but that's been episode two of The Unreliable Narrator with me, Shabir. And me, Krish. Thank you for listening, if you made it through this far. And uh, stay tuned for some Christmas stuff next time. Thanks for watching. Nobody watched it. (laughs) Thanks for listening, rather. (laughs) See you next time.